friends. This is John, your host from Dairyland Frights and Packers Blitz. And I want to tell you, I've been using OllieTube for my podcasting for over a year now, and I love it. And if you're looking for an easy and convenient solution for creating podcasts, OllieTube is definitely worth checking out. It's a great tool for podcasting beginners and professionals alike who want to make their creation process easier and faster so they can focus on other areas of their show. And I use it for editing and I love it. I can edit something really quickly and get my show out there and get it to my audience. So please try Ollie too. You can try it a week for free. They have a 30 day money back guarantee. So you really have nothing to lose. And like I said, I love Ollie too. Check it out and uh, you'll love it. Hello, spooky friends. Welcome to another episode of Dairyland Frights, the paranormal podcast that covers everything spooky, creepy, and mysterious in the Midwest. I have back on the podcast, give it up for the beautiful, the talented Deborah Roque. Yay! Thank you. How are you, Deborah? I'm doing amazing. Thank you for asking you. Oh, I am doing great. Uh, love having you back on the show. Uh, please go back to our episode we did together, uh, the Congress Plaza Hotel, very scary hotel in Chicago, that either Deborah or I would maybe take our families there, or maybe we'll have to visit by ourselves, <laughs> depending what our our significant others say and everything like that, and our children say. Um, so, one thing I love about Deborah that we talked about on our last episode that I want to bring up again is her great work she's doing with her website, Paranormal Paradigma. It is worth it. Um, I put on, I'm going to put all the links again, but could you kind of give some updates on your uh, site and uh, anything else you want to bring up as far as Halloween, any specials or anything you got going on? <laughs> yes. So for those of the for those of you who don't know um, really what Paradigma Paradigma is about, um, basically it's about exploring, understanding, destigmatizing, and reconciling the paranormal. So I talk all things paranormal and spiritual because I believe that both kind of fall into the same sphere. There's there's not really much of a difference. Um, so as far as like what's new and what's cooking, uh, I actually have a a group session that I'm holding next week on the 20th. Oh my God. I forgot my own group session. The 27th <laughs> um, at 7.30 PM Eastern time uh, where, you know, anybody that's interested in sharing their stories uh, can come onto the group session. And the whole point of the session is to share the stories, talk about a little bit about the, what I call a paranormal wound. Uh, so mm. it's very similar to the feminine wound or the wounded feminine, uh, but instead it's more of a hesitation or a reluctance to engage in the paranormal or believe in the paranormal and also a mm -hmm. fear of the paranormal. Uh, mm. So we talk about healing that and what steps that we can take to, you know, understand where that comes from, mm -hmm. how it shows up, and also how to empower yourself, protect yourself, and feel sovereign. So that'll be next time, next week. Uh, for Halloween. That's the special I'm doing, my group session. So if you're interested, send me a DM, send me an email, and we can get you signed up. And uh, everyone check out uh, Deborah on TikTok. She does these amazing videos. Uh, they're wonderful. Um, I listen to them all the time. 
Uh, one thing, this is, I'm going to, I'm going to throw this at you. I'm putting you on the spot, Deborah. Oh my goodness. But one of these things, maybe we'll have to figure out and do a live tarot reading or something like that. Oh my one God, of these yes. That might be yes. fun to do. Although you know, if it's bad news, forget it. <laughs> you know, I've thought about doing that, but I just didn't think that anybody would want to put their stuff out there because oh, I will. <laughs> okay. I will. You're, come on, bring it. All right. Let's go. Meetings. Yes, I'm okay. Yeah, so we'll, we'll, all right. So I'll convince Deborah to do this. We'll have to figure this out sometime and have Deborah do a live reading for me. And hopefully I'm not going to die the next week. <laughs> you what will. happens, it happens. Oh, Whatever. my God. Oh, and to, just just to mention, um, it's on the 26th. I said the 27th. I'm telling you, I'm just like, oh, I'm like frazzled. But yes, mm, the 26th uh, at 730 uh, p.m. Eastern. So just wanted to make that little tweak in there. Excellent. I will share that on all my social media sites. Again, please take advantage of this. Deborah is uh, not only an amazing person, just an amazing job. And this is a great thing uh, for people, too, in the spooky season. Maybe you've had some uh trauma or maybe this brings back trauma right there are certain right. months that bring back trauma for people maybe your mom died during uh during halloween or something terrible like that now you associate halloween with something maybe you know and we're not gonna get that deep but maybe something whatever but okay. the main thing is you know deborah's here to really kind of look at it a different way rather than you cover that have that um whatever you want to say pain or whatever you say yeah. So, awesome. So, let's get right into the story. Okay. So, we're going to do some different thing tonight, a little different. Deborah and I are going to cover some creepy cryptids. So, Deborah, ladies first, why don't you start <laughs> and uh, cover your cryptid? All right. So, um, today I've decided to cover the Puckwudgie. Um, mm. I got interested in the Pukwudgie a few years ago. I didn't even know that they existed. Um, I was actually listening to Lore, the podcast. And oh, um, sure. yeah, uh, so he talked about the Pukwudgie in one of like his first season episodes or something. And I was like, what is that? Like, I've never heard of that. So since then, I've been like super intrigued. So I decided that I wanted to tell a story, something probably a little different from what we've probably heard about the Pukwudgie and even maybe some Native American lore, because um, as you'll see, uh, it is this mythology is Native American. So I'll be reading uh, and uh, I hope uh, you like it. So the word Pukwudgie stems from the Native American tongue. The lore is associated with the Algonquin, the Ojibwe and the Wampanoag tribes, among others. Uh, the root bagwaj or bagwaji actually means wilderness or wild. And so the native word is actually bagwajinini, which then translates to uh, a little person or a person of the woods or the wilderness or the wild. Mm -hmm. So uh, if you really think about it, the word uh, bagwajinini kind of sounds like pukwaji which is actually where it stems from. Sure. So the Native American word is Bagwajinini. Pakwaji is like the way that us Native Americans came and we just modernized it or made it ours. Sure. So Pakwajis are typically described as small creatures who dwell in the forest. They're about knee high to three feet tall. Their faces mm -hmm. are somewhat human-like. 
Uh, They've been described with front-facing eyes. They tend to have Mm. like larger noses. Sometimes they're described with like long ears or pointy ears. Kind of reminds me of like a troll or a goblin. Okay. Yeah, troll. Gotcha. Yeah. Their skin oftentimes is kind of gray, maybe smooth, or they'll have fur on them. And if not, uh, even porcupine quills which oh. is kind of creepy oh, that's interesting. and weird yeah yeah okay. uh, but they walk on two legs so you won't see them on four you'll see them oh, on okay, two. Got two legs gotcha. yeah so according to the native american lore uh these creatures have long existed in north america way before the settlers came in um hmm. and for a while the baguajinini or the pakwajis lived actually in harmony with humans uh but really? apparently that changed uh-oh yes so one ninja from the Wampanoag says that everything between the Bagwajinini and the humans was great until humans got distracted with their relationship with Mashup. Now, Mashup is a giant, very benevolent creation or creator deity. And he is the person who was responsible for creating the Cape Cod area of Massachusetts. Okay. So it seems that Mashup uh, was beloved by the humans and the Pukwajis kind of got a little jealous. So they became a little mischievous, you know, trying to get attention from the people. Uh, but this actually bothered the people and aggravated them. So they complained to Mashup and they said, hey, these Pukwajis, they're bothering us. So Mashup was like, cool, OK, I'm going to take care of it. Um, and he went <laughs> and he scattered the Pukwajis uh, all through New England. Well, mm. As you can think and probably determine that, you know, the Pukwajis weren't very happy with that. Mm. So Mashup um, and his wife, uh, who's uh, known as Granny Squanet, mm. left for a little bit. Okay. And as, in their absence, the Pukwajis returned. But this time, they returned with a vengeance because they were P.O.'d. They were P.O.'d. Uh, and so what app, instead of being mischievous and kind of just bothering people, they really took it up a notch. They started kidnapping children, burning oh. villages Uh-oh. and yeah. And then, um, apparently they even, you know, just outright killed people. <laughs> oh, okay. That is up a notch. Yeah. And this is like the first level of ghosting, right? This is like the, we like ghosted them. We're like, Hey, you know, Puck Wedgie's yeah. cool. We're, yeah. Hey. <laughs> hey, why'd you return in my car? A puck wedgie. Let's go. What's going on here? Yeah, they they <laughs> went from zero to psycho really quick. Ooh. So <laughs> reminds me of an ex girlfriend. <laughs> Yikes! Oh, so it turns out, you know, uh, the so Granny Squanet and Masha find out that they're like basically mm. killing the tribe's people, and they come Ooh. back, and Masha's like, "Don't worry, I got my five sons. I'm gonna they're gonna take care of the problem." Okay. Sends his five sons over. The five sons get lured and tricked because the Pukwajis are tricksters. They get tricked by the Pukwajis um, and lured into a trap where they all get shot dead, basically, by magical arrows. Wow. So at this point, Mashup is really PO'd, and he's like, I'm going to do it myself. He goes to take care of the problem. But again, the Pukwajis are like, we're smarter than you. And they lure Mashup. To, uh, I guess, uh, this place in the woods where they shoot mm-hmm. him with arrows. Now, the thing about the lore is we it's not determined whether they kill Mashup or mm-hmm. if Mashup just decides to, like, you know, 
turn it in, like white flag, mm. like give up yeah, and yeah. leave. Right, yeah, right. Because he doesn't show up back in the lore after that, apparently, uh-huh. from what I was okay. gathering. So right. it was pretty serious. Like these Pukwudgies, um mean business. Yeah. And actually, <laughs> yeah. So Damn. translate that to today. Pukwudgies are actually still known to be tricksters. Uh, mm. They're also known as killers. They lure you to the cliffs and push you oh. off. All right. Uh, yeah. They shoot you with arrows. And they're known to also kidnap children. And they're shapeshifters, apparently. So they so can shapeshift. That is a heck of a combination. <laughs> a shapeshifter, I could trick you. I'm smarter than you. I'm going to push you off a cliff. And then I'm going to shoot you with an arrow just to make sure you're dead. Okay. No, and if that wasn't enough... Apparently, okay. he, yeah, as when they kill you, they yeah. actually still have control of your spirit. What? I know. So, like, it translates to the other side. Like, these things are ridiculous. Like, I'm just like, what? Ridiculous. Yeah, they're probably my favorite cryptid. Um, it's just co- it's so crazy. Um, so apparently, if, like, obviously, if you see one, you're supposed to leave it alone. Like, don't interact with uh, it because yeah. the only way that it could really hurt you is by tricking you or is by luring you. So if uh-huh. you don't fall into its tricks, it's mm-hmm. said that you should be safe. Okay. So anything mention of how they trick you, Deborah? Is there anything or could you take an educated guess of how they can trick you? You know, from... Bill Russo, Bill Russo is one of the people whose Puckwudgie stories kind of become like famous or viral, yeah. however you want to call it. He's been okay. featured on Lore. He's been featured on the Discovery Channel and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Um, gathering from his experience, um, it seems like they come off as innocent and like almost like friendly. And kind of wanting to speak to you, like, like they try to speak to you. So imagine, you know, you're by yourself and you see this creature that sort of looks like a child, right? Okay. At first, yeah, yeah. speak to you. You don't really understand what it is. And then you try to talk oh, to it. Oh, sure. And then you go to it. And then that's, that's, that's all you need to do is really, is really go to it. Right. And then once you're in that sort of its proximity, it does whatever it does. So that is not, yeah. yeah, that is not good. Yeah, that's probably like uh, other stories you've heard about, uh, whether it be cryptids or ghosts or something, where they're like a little child or something and they're crying. And, you know, your motherly instinct or your fatherly instinct takes over and you don't think, wait a minute, I'm in the woods. Yeah. <laughs> and this thing's on, I don't know, side of a road, whatever, it doesn't matter. And, okay, I'm going to go over and help it, right? And you don't think that, right? You right. just go over and help it, and then you're, well, stop. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. No, exactly. So these things are really creepy. They're apparently also, so where can, so where are Puck Wedgies um, found? So yes. we know Massachusetts, right? Uh, actually, in Massachusetts, they're mm. mostly, a lot of the sightings happen in what's called the Bridgewater Triangle. Oh, uh, right. Yeah. So you're familiar with the Bridgewater Triangle. Yes, I am. Uh, so for those of the, for those of you who are not familiar with the Bridgewater Triangle, it's uh Ferris basically an area of around 200 square miles. Uh the points of the triangles are three towns known as let me just make sure I have them right. Um oh my god, Rehoboth, 
Freetown and one more, which I don't remember right now. Um, so, oh, Abington. So, Abington. So, those three towns, they make up the points of this triangle. And this triangle is a really, really haunted, mm-hmm. paranormal sort of hot spot. Yeah. Maybe even portals with vortex. Like, it's just all kind of things have been yes. reported. There. So, yeah. you can definitely see Pukwudgies there. But apparently, you can also see them in the Midwest, sir. Especially oh, in Indiana. Oh, I'm not going to Indiana. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, so in Indiana, there is this state park called Mound State Park. Mm. Um, And it's around that park that a few sightings have occurred. And so I wanted to look for a story that people really haven't heard before. Because again, Bill Russo's story is so famous and everybody knows Mm. about his story. Um, And it's just these things are really kind of elusive sometimes or, again, mistaken for other animals or children. Mm, So it's one of those things where I was like, all right, let's see if I can find a pretty cool story, Uh, especially one in Indiana since, you know, Midwest stuff. Yes. Thank you. And thank you. Yeah. So I did find one. I actually found this by chance. And I think it's a little bit creepier than Bill Russo's story. So um, this comes from a Facebook user. And she actually commented her story on another podcast's page. So mm-hmm. she just was like, I've, I've had a counter with this puck wedgie. Mm-hmm. Let me tell my mm-hmm. story. And I was like, okay. Mm-hmm. So I, yeah. this is her story. I'm not going to say names just like for anonymity. Yes. Um, but I think it's creepy either way. Nice. So there was this woman. I'm going to call her Anne. Uh, she lived near Mound State Park in Indiana. She's a mom with two kids. The oldest child of hers was two years old and the youngest was about six to eight months old. And around this time, it was nighttime and it was around two to 3 a.m. And her little one, the tiny, the infant was crying. So she went to do what moms do and went to console her baby. Um, And as she was consoling her baby, she was pacing around the room, you know, doing what moms do, trying to shush and feed and all that. Uh, But every, she noticed that every time she would approach the window, the baby would scream. And she's like, okay, well, that's weird. So she finally goes and looks out the window and she sees this thing outside. And it's about two to three feet tall. It's standing outside. She stares hard at it and she she sees that it's like small, two to three. It's wearing like a purple gown, apparently. Mm -hmm. It had a round nose and its eyes were glowing red. So she's like, okay. She freaks out and she calls her younger brother. She's like, I don't know what this is. Freaks out, calls her younger brother. And her younger brother's like, you're probably just seeing things. It's really late at night. If you want to shoo it away, just make some noise. Mm. So she's like, okay, well, I'm going to make some noise. So she opens the window and starts to make noise and try to like shoo it away. And this thing just stares dead ass like right at her and just stays put just looking at her like mm-hmm. what are you doing lady yeah. and um, <laughs> so she um is like okay well that didn't work i'm gonna i'm gonna i'm gonna go downstairs or you know to the front of the house i'm not sure if there was a two-story uh i'm gonna go to the front of the house and i'm gonna shoot it away myself so she puts down her little baby she goes to the front door she opens the front door Big mistake. <laughs> no. She opens the front door and she starts to like make noise, 
to like, you know, shoo this thing away. And all of a sudden, it darts toward her. Oh. Like it just like books it to her. Oh, and she wow. slams the door. She gets this console, TV console that she has. She puts it in the front of the door yeah. and she starts freaking out. Like she's just oh. panicking. Mm. And she's like, I don't know what to do. Yeah, yeah. Once yeah. the nurse calm down, she calls the cops. Cops come in, <laughs> come by. She tells him, she didn't even know what to tell him. She was just like, Look, I'm home alone. I have my kids, and there's this person outside of my house. Can you come check the property? They go, they come, they check the property. All they find is a balloon outside in the front yard, I think. And okay. they were like, Oh, maybe it was this balloon that you saw and mistook for a person. <laughs> right, right, right. Yeah. What? And she was like, First of all, that balloon, apparently, that balloon was from like her daughter's birthday from a few days sure. before or whatever. And she was like, I know what a balloon looks like. Balloons don't look like people and they don't freaking run at you. You know, like yeah. they don't. That's not what they do. Yeah. Hello. So, <laughs> so she was like, OK, fine. She didn't know what to do. She got her kids ready. And then she went to her sister's house. A few weeks pass. She finally decides that um, she's going to get some stuff and move out. Like she's not she didn't sleep there anymore after that like she never went back to sleep at her house mm. so a okay. few weeks later she went during the day to get a few things um from her home so that she can just sure. i guess finish the move yeah and um you know things were cool her family teased her you know mm. as family would do like uh, you know how we are uh, family is first of course. Is yeah, of course. People, society yeah. um but the thing is that a few weeks later it seems that she was going through her photos mm. and she saw a photo of a picture of her daughter that she had taken the day before this event, like this incident occurred. So it was daylight. It was just the night before the day before that everything happened. And when she like was looking at the photo, she noticed the truck, the tailgate of the truck. Mm. And she saw a face on mm. the tailgate. Oh. And it was the same face that oh. was staring at her. Yeah. That night. So uh, whatever it was had been with them the day before. Uh, even in daylight. Wow. Just watching them. And ever since uh, then, she's just like, she's been very yeah, disturbed yeah. and like probably even developed some PTSD, she said. And, and that, my friends, is uh, the puck wedgie. <laughs> well, I'm not going to sleep at night. Thanks. <laughs> I will call you at three in the morning. You'll be like, Joe, what are you doing? <laughs> Trying to sleep. Uh, that is awesome. So let me ask you this. You said there's some of the Midwest, mostly on the East Coast and everything. Yeah. Do they mainly come out at night? Did it say anything about night versus day or they can come out anytime? I think it's an anytime thing. I think probably mm -hmm. nighttime. Okay. Encounters are probably sure. just more talked about just because of the nature of the yeah, paranormal sure. and the night, right? Yeah, yeah. But I think that they come out at any time of the day, from what I understand. And are they, again, if you don't know this, this is fine. Are they more in the woods, forests, or can they be anywhere? Like you, they could be in your backyard. <laughs> yeah. I, okay. From what I was reading, they they yeah. seem to prefer wooded areas. Like, they, okay. Right. Like if you think about, they kind of remind me of uh, like goblin and troll lore, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. So mm -hmm. 
it's almost very, it's very similar. Very similar. Well, great, mm-hmm. Deborah. Uh, I live in a small town and we're surrounded by woods. And uh, yeah, great. Thanks a lot. And my, and my, <laughs> I have like little woods in the back of my house. Ah, great. Yeah. So well, be careful. Now, <laughs> thanks, Deborah. You're welcome. <laughs> awesome. Um, I've told this story many, many times, and I and a lot of my listeners were going, you're telling it again, but I will tell it again, because it sounds very similar. Um, there's this place in Wisconsin I'm going to do an episode on called Haunchyville, and mm-hmm. what happened was it was based on these uh, circus performers, a lot of small people and everything, and they took over this town because they were sick of being ridiculed and all this stuff, and in the story, they killed uh, a farmer who had, uh, well, gone in their territory, per se. And mm-hmm. also they, um, if you, like you and me, or like you uh, and your family, or my family would go in there, they throw rocks at you and stuff. Mm-hmm. And they've been known to like, this is, and it's really funny though, is uh, there actually is a town, it isn't called Haunchyville, but it's a town where these little people are. Mm-hmm. And it kind of reminded me of that a little bit in the sense, they, they, you know, not as scary as that, but but still, if you go near them, they throw rocks at you. They, you know, they supposedly murdered this farmer who got a little too close to him and everything. But I just think that's really interesting that stories like that where we take for granted, like you, like it's Bigfoot, right? It's yeah. it's all that big scary monster coming at you, you know, and you don't realize it doesn't have to be big could be small and yep. they could do as much damage or as more damage so oh that's a great story awesome awesome so let me i'm gonna get into mine now if that's okay unless you want to add something else no i am ready for yours awesome awesome so i'm going to be covering the devil's lake monster and so just to let you know people who don't live in wisconsin Deborah, if you and your family ever come here, please let me know. I'll give you a self-guided tour. Okay. I'll show you all the cool spots. So Devil's Lake. You know, you're probably wondering, why is it called Devil's Lake? This is really interesting. You go on Google, you can see it, Deborah, if you want to, or some of my spooky friends. It's shaped like a devil's head. So I know it sounds weird, but if you go on Google, you go on Google Maps and look up Devil's Leg, and you pull it back, it looks like it has a face, and then it looks like it has two horns protruding. Not big horns, but that's what that's why they call it Devil's Leg. It has nothing to do with the devil, other than it looks like the devil. <laughs> or the devil's head. Um, so, supposedly, there is a lake monster cryptid in there called, and they just call it the Devil's Lake monster, but people would know it better as a Kraken. So, are you familiar with a Kraken, Deborah? Yes. You know what I, a Kraken is. So, people who are not familiar with a Kraken basically think of an octopus, but on steroids. <laughs> it's a big <laughs> octopus. Um, it has some different features to it. But if you watch any, uh, I don't know, pirate movies or any anything like that, the Kraken, the, the, the Kraken, is this huge monster in the ocean that pulls down ships. Uh, and it's a really interesting monster how it got in a Wisconsin lake. I had no idea. <laughs> but it is there. And so, uh, just really quick, some sources. Uh, cryptidsfandom.com is one of the sources I use. Also, believe it or not, 
there was this radio station that did a uh, hunt for the, it was kind of a joke, but they did it for the monster. It was like, get all their listeners together. And they went out on the lake trying to find this thing. Uh, they actually did a little thing on it, uh, a little research on it. Um, and then Devil's Lake State Park, which they talk about the monster too, which you think is kind of interesting. The Devil's Lake area is absolutely gorgeous. Uh, it's unbelievable. It's in Southern Wisconsin. It's about half an hour away from me. Um, Hmm. and it is basically 27,000 acres of land. So I'm going to give you a little bit of a background here. Not too much. So 27,000 acres of land. Check this out, Deborah. Three million people every year go there. It's gorgeous. It has a bunch of trails. It's a beautiful forest. It's a beautiful lake. Um, and the trails, just to let you know, kind of range of difficulty. So, like, if you're in your family, you take your, your daughter on a little trail. Everything's and in the fall. Oh, my gosh. It's like a screen, you know, shot. You know what I mean? Like, you put on your, like your computer screen. It's absolutely gorgeous. So, again, just a little bit of history kind of understand maybe how this Kraken got in there. <laughs> so, the lake uh, came into formation about 100,000 years ago. And about the, when the Ice Age was going on, known as glaciation, uh, the result was this ice sheet covering the area. And it took 50,000, and I'm, I'm kind of a nerd from this stuff, so people just bear with me. Uh, it took about 50,000 years for the ice sheet to retreat. And when it did, and moved and melted, it made all this land and created the mounds and also created these uh, different um, terminal uh, moraines, which is basically yeah. Oh, like all oh, these kind of looks like uh, all these hills, and then kind of like looks like a little bowl and stuff. It, it's really, it's really gorgeous. But anyway, so again, these streams and stuff that go into it, it's a beautiful lake. And like I said, the reason they call it Devil's Lake is because it's shaped like a devil's head. Yeah. Um, there are also rattlesnakes there, so be careful uh, <laughs> if you're climbing. Everyone who knows who climbs there know it's there's rattlesnakes, and you got to be careful. Now, one of the things is this is this is like-minded stuff, Deborah, because this is a Native American too, <laughs> the monster. Yeah. So it's kind of funny. Um, so that was like, like I said, it was really visited by the Native Ho Chunk tribes, and mm-hmm. the Ho Chunk tribes referred to this late. Oh boy, I'm going to butcher this. Uh, Tui Ka, Tui Kapak. Oh boy, that's good enough. <laughs> <laughs> but it, it really addressed the somebody would probably say it better like you. But it translates to sacred or spirit lake. Okay. And then why the Nakota Sioux call the lake something a little bit worse? <laughs> and they call it Mystery Bad Spirit Lake. Mm. So one cause of this really nice one, and cause it not so great. So again, us white settlers, <laughs> when we arrived, we learned about the area. And and many names were created that, that kind of stuck. But eventually, they called it Devil's Lake. Because people like would say, when you get on top of the cliffs and you look outside out of the lake, it looks like a devil's head, like I said. Mm-hmm. So, let's get writing in, into this. Because uh, I just wanted to do a little brief history. But there have been sightings of the devil, what I want to call it, the Devil Lake Kraken. So... Mm-hmm. This is Native Americans' uh, history a little bit, and then we'll go into someone who maybe photographed it. So, 
members of a hunting party, which to me is absolutely frightening. Members of a hunting party were out one on a quiet night. The water was still, and the moon could be seen reflecting on the water. Suddenly, tentacles shot up from the lake and crushed the canoes, and the monster's tentacles told the people under the water, and nobody survived. My God. So imagine, Deborah, you're looking out at the lake, you're looking out at this hunting party going, you know, and all of a sudden these tentacles arrive and just pull everybody down and nobody's alive. Nightmare. <laughs> right, exactly. <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> That's crazy. So they said the screams of those being attacked alerted members of the tribe on the shore and they helplessly watched as everyone. That's a very sad story. Uh, then another story, and this is on depending who tells it, says that an early missionary to an area heard a story from a local chief who was uh, talking about when some of the area was in a drought. So everything was drying up and everything in the lake. And as it did, it became easy to collect fish and everything, obviously, for their food. And one of the things they found was on the one morning, the people woke up to see a strange, apparently amphibious creature thrashing around in an effort to free itself from the dry land. And again, people describe this as a kraken or octopus type of monster. But they were so, they were going to help the creature. But they were so afraid of the creature that no one would go near it. But in time, the creature worked its way back into the water and was able to now, I guess, do what it needs to do. So there's been more stories where people have seen this thing uh, swimming along and everything. But it wasn't until 2017 that an aerial photo, which I opened on the site, taken by a local blogger, <laughs> Derek Maylet shows a large dark shape just under the surface of Devil's Lake. And some people speculate that whatever is beneath the water could be a surviving species from the Ice Age. So nobody really knows what this is. There's also been a number of self-funded, you know, they take the little submarine under the water and look for it and come with some mysterious pictures. I'm not sure what that is. And Again, one of the other things, too, most of the other stories that we just have is from missionaries who have been in the area who are talking to the tribes, you know, trying to convert them to Christianity, claim, again, they see a swimming dinosaur-like feature. And there are other things going on in these stories, too, with this is, again, people have said they've seen two of them, people have seen one of them, people have claimed, so you can take a... Uh, kayak on on the lake when it's pretty smooth water and people have claimed that they have felt some brush against their kayak people have said that they've been swimming and something touched their leg uh like something wrapped around it like a pullet uh but there is no definitive evidence um there hasn't been any uh more people being dragged to their death which is good <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> but all in all, this monster supposedly is any some type of dinosaur creature or some type of kraken, but nobody's really sure. Uh, uh, there are pictures and videos of people being on the bluffs 
overlooking the lake and seeing something in the water swimming. Uh, and again, this is to me really interesting because that's the whole basis of the Loch Ness monster that it was it was this type of dinosaur that was trapped in the lock because this is a, uh, a for the most part a landlocked lake, but it, it it does go off to the ocean. Obviously, there are some tributaries and stuff. So I don't know. I guess it could escape. But what's interesting to me, like I said, is that this has been around since you know Native American time, and like I said, in 2017, someone took a picture of this. Which I saw, and I'm like, huh, it's really hard to distinguish because it's a dark shape underneath the water, but it's huge, you know, it's absolutely huge. But I just think that uh, it was just a real interesting story to me that not a lot of people cover. But uh, what do you think? Do you think they exist and uh, have any thoughts about it? I mean, I personally, I'm, I'm one of these people who kind of just say, I don't know what exists out there, what doesn't exist. So I'm not going to be the first person to be like, yeah, that for sure exists. But I'm not going to say, oh, no, that's so stupid. And that's so silly. I mean, it kind of just fits with a lot of the lore or the stories or, you know, sightings of other very similar lake monsters and other places. And so if those exist, let's say, why wouldn't it exist over there in Wisconsin? You understand, like something's going on. Yes. Yes, obviously. And you got to remember when the Ice Age came through, it trapped some dinosaurs and everything. Some dinosaurs were trapped under the ice and some were, you know, uh, just trapped where once things started to thaw, maybe they survived. I don't know. It's interesting to think about it. Uh, And, you know, the biggest thing, too, about Devil's Lake, there's a lot of other things that go with it. It's very um, a mysterious area. Like, if you go there at night, it, I don't want to say it's creepy, but, like, the fog will roll on the lake. Yeah. And, you know, you'll be out there and you'll hear, like, all these weird noises and stuff. And it's because Native American tribes um, were around there quite a bit. And, and not to get kind of off the subject, but, like, again, uh, if you're familiar with Skinwalkers, that's mm-hmm. a big Native American, um, yeah. you know, uh, I shouldn't say monster, but... Uh, things that we're talked about. And I think the biggest thing with that too is, like you said, you don't know, right? People have been hunting Bigfoot for how long? <laughs> right? Yeah. And, you know, and, and also different other cryptids out there and stuff like the Michigan Dogman, uh, the Beast of Bray yep. Road, and, and, you know, Pekwuggy and stuff. So, <laughs> I mean, it's all that stuff, right? Mm-hmm. So awesome. So that's what I brought up. Uh, you know, again, I think this is very interesting. I'm not going out into the woods anytime soon. <laughs> Thanks no. a lot, Deborah. Anytime. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, so anything you else want to mention before we wrap it up? No, I, you know, I would just tell people just in general one, uh, don't get arrogant and think that you know everything that there is about. Like, don't get arrogant and think you know everything there is to know about the world around you. Um, people go missing in forests and state parks and things oh, yeah. all the time and mm-hmm. for no reason. So just, yeah. you know, just don't get comfortable. <laughs> That's what I'm going to say. Lakes, forests, woods. You just yes. don't know what's out there. Yeah, you and don't know what's people. out there. Yeah. yeah. This also includes crazies. So, like, you know, crazy people. So just... Don't get comfortable. 
So now that Deborah and I scared you, so you would never go camping again. Exactly. <laughs> that's what we do here on Dairyland Frights. And uh, but anyway, one of the things, like I said, Deborah, we'll have to consider doing a live tarot reading. I'll reach out and see, yes. like I'll put a thing out and see if people want to do that. Hopefully, it'd be a nice one, like I said. But again, thank you so much, Deborah. You are the greatest. You're talented. You're beautiful. Paranormal paradigma. Please check that out. Uh, hopefully, uh, Deborah will join me again, uh, you know, for another show down the road because I'd love to have you on. So for sure, thank you so much. This is so fun. I can't wait <laughs> to be on again. <laughs> yes, yes. So again, say hi to your ghost. Hello, ghost, <laughs> and stay spooky. Thanks, Deborah. Bye. Thanks. Bye. Happy Halloween. <laughs>